and welcome to Phoenix FM and the Orient Hour with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And I'm joined as always by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. I had a bit of a disagreement with the beard trimmer this morning, so it's more stubble than beard, but uh, that's my problem. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, we'll be with you for the next hour here on Phoenix FM, and we're not alone. Uh, the last time we were on, uh, we had the very impressive and fantastic Charlie Edinburgh, and this week we've got another very, very special guest joining us. We've got CEO Danny Macklin in the room. Danny, welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Good evening, gents. Good, good to have you uh, with us. So, um, just sort of from the off, uh, really, you came from Essex County Cricket. What's it like then to be the CEO now of a football league club and the differences? Yeah, it's been a good journey. It's nice to have the football league bit in front of it. Uh, so, yeah, two years nearly into the role now. Obviously, had the role at Southend in between, but yeah, it is literally two different ball games uh, from what the world of cricket. Having just listened to the guys on '98 Not Out, as a plug for them, uh, <laughs> it is yeah. So it's a very different game, but uh, enjoyable in different ways. But yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying the role and uh, the, the, the challenges and opportunities that uh, exist at Lane Orient. And like we said, football league CEO. So now in the football league, League Two season is about a month old, give or take. So what are your thoughts on? on the season so far? Obviously started fantastic, uh, almost like the fairy tale uh, uh, result that we, we, all, we all wanted, especially uh, Justin's family wanted. Uh, since then, as we know, it's been you know, a, a bit up and down, uh, lacking that consistency that Ross and everyone are, are, are craving, and I think you know, generally could be round the corner. And uh, yeah, but for a bit of bad luck, we might have a few more points than probably what our performances deserve. Uh, Saturday was one of those games that you, you're gonna get every so often. Uh, you know, if, if you are going to be a sort of mid-table or upper mid-table finish, you're unfortunately going to have a couple of results like that. It's uh, how we bounce back as a team on, on Saturday and in future games, and which I'm sure that Ross and the, and the guys will be striving to do and will do. Before the season kicked off, what were your expectations for us? Was it upper mid-table, as you just said? or I think as a board, uh, we obviously had that discussion prior to, to, to Justin's sad departure and, uh, and, and after that, and you know, the ambition was to... You know, perhaps finish uh, in the in the playoffs, or you know, more likely top half. But you know, if you if you go for the top half and you get the playoffs, that's a bonus. Uh, you know, a season of stability can't be a bad thing. But it's you know, the, the season is young. We're, we're we're seven games in or, or so, and uh, you know, there's everything still to play for. You know, we're we're not in November and December and and looking bleak. It's you know, the, there's a few players to come back from injury as we know and I think there'll be valuable additions to the to the squad and maybe to the team and it's yeah but but for a bit of luck we're, we're not I don't think we're a million miles away from getting those results we, we deserve so Saturday was a very busy day uh, at the stadium you're obviously a very busy man at the stadium what does a CEO of a football club do on a match day because I kind of see you here there and everywhere yeah, first of all, it's great to see a visiting crowd. Obviously, it wasn't great to see them cheer three times, but it does make such a difference in atmosphere at, uh, at the Brown Stadium. And it's, it is something that we want to see regular. Uh, so uh, to answer the question in terms of match day, so much of the stuff is done by others. Uh, there's some hard workers there that you know, will get in at 8 o'clock in the morning and will be there until 8, 9 at night and don't... don't sit down in between uh, so I'm not going to try and take the glory for any of that my, my, my job on that day is to really just be the face to firefight any issues that do come up 
I probably walk 30, 40,000 steps uh, on a match day and that's just to try and meet as many fans as I can. I probably do about 10 laps of, of, the, of the ground inside and outside. Uh, supporters club going into South Stand Bar, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I just want to be seen everywhere. I often host a lot of people in hospitality as well, uh, along within the boardroom and it's, yeah, it's absolute manic and come three o'clock I can normally sit down and, and try and enjoy the game for 45 minutes run around again at half time and, and then again the second half so you're not you're not like Kent T who stands up for the 90 minutes and he's kicking doors in and pacing he pacing. must be doing 50,000 steps just <laughs> oh, the game. I'd love to we should put a step on my Toronto name I reckon it would be quite high but yeah they do like to, to sit down but yeah Kent's certainly a, a stander home and away games and when, he, when he's not there you feel like you've got to stand in his place just to, uh, to make sure someone's standing <laughs> So there, obviously, as you've seen, we invited questions from the forums, uh, from, from social media. So you've probably seen there's quite a number of questions about the PA system. I think from my experience in the South Stand, it was bad and it was quite tinny and it seems to be all right. But others in other parts of the ground seem to think it's, it's still a problem. Yeah, it's up there with the list of stuff we need to do and need to look at. Uh, it's not a cheap uh, solution by any means, but it is, I think it's got to a stage where we do need to look at viable alternatives. Are we going to get that done this season? Possibly not, but it is something that's up towards the top of the list of things to enhance stadium announcements and probably first and foremost uh, security and safety, but yeah, it's up there. We had um, a lot of questions as well about the third kit. Yeah. Anything you want to share tonight on tonight's show? Well, Mr. you guys have obviously had a, a, a sneak exclusive peek uh, previously, and you've done very well to, to keep oh, we quiet did. on that. We yeah. did. Uh, so you've seen it, mum's the word. Uh, I believe <laughs> next Friday we are going to unveil, uh, and then we'll have a period of uh, exclusive online uh, pre-orders. Uh, it will then be available uh, towards the end of September, I can't remember the exact date that we're going to go on, on, on sale in store. Uh, and that will give time, plenty of time before we go and wear it at an away game coming up uh, in so, the nearish future, and then again maybe just before Christmas. So just to be clear, fr uh, Friday the twentieth of September is the unveiling. So that's next is week the, Friday. Yeah, that's the unveiling uh, in terms of on social media and the website and what have you. That's when we'll unveil what the kit looks like. It's been apart from you guys, there's very few that have actually seen it. Okay, feel very privileged here. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of being able to buy exclusively online from the end of September. Uh, that, that'll, yeah, I think it's the 27th, then we go for pre-orders, uh, and then it will be shortly after that be available to, to buy in store. Uh, that's just, you know, we can make sure that we uh, phase it through, so to speak, so I think it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be in demand. And yeah. we're, on, on the subject, we've uh, already signed off next season's uh, you haven't. Uh, hence, well, oh, really? we, we have to move very quick. So we, we, we want to try and get that in store uh, and on sale before we finish the, the season. That's oh, our wow. objective. That will be dependent on a number of factors, but uh, that's our objective to, to do that, which will be the first time we've done that. For, so, a bit of an exclusive there. A the long kit, time. Next so, season's yeah. kit has already yeah, been done. It's, uh, early September. Yeah, you know, I think every kit launched, there's some that like it and don't like it, but sales so far are higher than last year. And last year was just simply exceptional uh, with the sales. So yeah, we're going. Uh, so far, the two kits have, have been popular, and people have voted with their uh, purses and wallets. And when would we wear the third kit? What for? What matches? Would it be like FA Cup matches? Uh, no, or? it will be for a league game coming up. Uh, yeah. We need to verify that with the opposition first, uh, and that will probably be you know, one or two games this side of Christmas that we'll be wearing uh, that kit. Probably seems like a good time to talk a bit about New Balance, new kit manufacturer. It looks smart, a lot of training gear, revamp of the club shop, lots, lots gone on in the summer. 
yeah, huge amounts gone on. I would almost say I applaud it to Marshall Taylor, obviously one of the board directors who's a retail guru. Uh, and he's done a huge amount, especially in terms of in-store and, and on the website. And Jade, who's our retail manager who came across from Just Sport, uh, really want to pay plaudits to those two and their team, uh, or Jade's team. Uh, we've had to do a huge amount. We've got something like 70 new lines that are still to go on sale, and that's deliberately done, so we drip feed as any retailer would do. You don't put it all on sale at once. Got a Christmas range coming, etc., etc. There's uh, there's an awful lot of variety that we're going to have, and the new website's proving popular. About 25 to 30 percent of our orders are coming online, uh, and increasingly, I think we're going to see uh, overseas sales as we do these soccer accounts, which I'm sure we'll get to. That's uh, breeding a new uh, breed of Orient fans as, as far field. I think we dispatched down to San Francisco uh, recently, New Zealand. It's wow. we're getting into every corner. Yeah. Kids and what care. about kids' kits? Because I've got a 13-month-old and I can't get him anything just yet. What, what's the situation? Yeah, so baby and toddler kits are now uh, in store. Cool. Uh, uh, we're just waiting on the socks to come for that. But yeah, the shirts and shorts can be uh, now picked up and purchased for the for the home kit and toddlers as well. Very much so, cool. yeah. All, all, all age, from literally from very, very little uh, up to... Uh, to the up. big kids like us. Exactly, cool. you said it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we say, uh, listen to questions, I think the last question we have got is about the upcoming fans forum, so something that previously used to happen and something a lot of fans are excited about. So do you want to tell us what that is going to entail and what you hope to get out of that? Yeah, we're looking forward. I was speaking to Nigel earlier on and uh, be myself, Martin, Nigel and Matt Porter uh, in attendance, obviously along with those that have been selected from the ballot. Uh, Karen Harrison, representation from Loft as well. And that will give us the uh, opportunity to, for us to really listen to a all bit a small segment of fans but everyone has had that opportunity to to, to speak to uh, to Karen and to others and if they haven't had that opportunity they've certainly got that opportunity between now and Monday to do that uh, so Monday even will be an opportunity for us to you know share a few plans that we've got nothing majorly uh, exciting or controversial or anything uh, but it will also give us most importantly the chance to listen to to, to those uh, fans on ideas they've got and feedback and suggestions. It'll be two-way dialogue and we're, we're genuinely looking forward to it. And how much of the ideas do you think will be realistically implemented given that when we were chatting before we came on air how busy the plans are that you have in place and that you fact that you've got through some of it obviously because of the amount of work that's involved you couldn't do everything so how much do you think you'll be I mean obviously I know it's very dependent on what the idea actually is as to how easy or not it is to implement or even get off the ground so how, how practicable do you think that these sessions will prove in terms of being able to take these ideas and actually doing something meaningful with them? I think there'll be some easy wins of things that we haven't thought of. Uh, there'll be some things that we may have thought of and think, okay, that might not be viable today, but might be viable for later on the season or next season. Uh, and we'll prioritise everything on what, you know, balance of what makes the club tick in terms of operational and of essentials of health and safety first and foremost. Second, what improves the fan experience? And third, if it improves our bottom line and reducing the loss uh, that bit further, then we'll, we'll put, it, put it up the ladder. I guess the uh, someone's going to ask about a scoreboard. Not if, that's, if that's not asked, Matt Port is going to be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> we, we joke about it regularly. But it's... Uh, yeah, that's, that's not at the top of the list uh, at the moment uh, for probably the reasons I've just given of, that, of those three essentials. That's not to say we won't ever do it, but yeah, it's not on the, it's not on the yeah. current radar. 
Okay, so let's crack on then with everyone's questions. So thank you to everyone who sent in a question, whether it's via the forum, Facebook, or Twitter. So first up, we'll start with disoriented. There was a few questions about catering in the ground, and I've seen a few tweets after match days asking you about catering. Any and updates? improvements, yeah. Yeah, so uh, British Event Catering are obviously our joint venture partners. So we've now introduced, uh, I think disoriented all you've pleased with, so I do read the forum uh, along with <laughs> other uh, people like Nigel that reads it as well every day. Uh, so we've got new burger units going in. Uh, there's one that's going to be in the East Stand. Uh, that will be a, a, basically a mobile cart, for want of a better word. But it's we, we had it in the away end uh, Saturday to obviously cope with the demand from Swindon. So yeah, one in the East Stand home end and one just outside the Laurie Cunningham unit in the West Stand, obviously towards the, uh, the north end of the ground. And then we are again disoriented will be hopefully pleased but we've uh, now got burgers available uh, albeit on a limited stock probably that will last up to the start of the game in the west end towards the the south end so we've uh, we, we've improved that in there we've introduced yeah, you know, sounds a really silly thing to mention, but chicken wings around the around the ground. We've introduced a vegan, gluten free, and vegetarian ranges. The pie and mash continues to be hugely popular. Uh, we've introduced draft lager on every single point in the ground. I think that's probably the first time we've done that on certainly every area. Uh, children's meal deals, fruit pots, smaller hot dogs for children. Uh, we're going to introduce some incentives to get people into the ground early of, of meal deals and pie and pint deals. Uh, and the fan zone will be open for the majority of games. There are certain council events that mean we can't use the score centre uh, because they've pre-booked it for parties or weddings, whatever it is. So there's, uh, there's a lot that we're doing, but it's uh, there's still a lot more that we want to do in those areas, and we work to make sure that we're getting the balance between what people want, what uh, we can actually cook and prepare and safely and securely serve in those areas. But there's a, there's a lot that we're doing, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a question that will come up about the East End generally. So one of the other questions that was was has, that has been the talk of the terrace, if you like, particularly around where we sit and probably elsewhere as well, uh, is about the streaming and the challenges around the streaming. Uh, what's what's happened with that? What's what's gone wrong and how is it being addressed? Because yeah. I, I see a lot of people complaining on social media, not well complaining after the event, but also the fact I can't get on, I can't get access, I'm not seeing it, I'm not hearing it. Yeah, I think we're over the teething issues. There were issues, uh, and frustratingly, there were some issues, but I'm confident uh, uh, that we have, we're, we're through that now. Uh, there's an awful lot of work that's gone behind the scenes with, with Elliot and Courtney and David Travis uh, that sort of spearhead that. I'm not going to try and be the expert on it, but we, we through our partnership with Stream AMG, uh, we, we think we've eradicated those issues. The biggest issue that people face is that at the moment you can only access it on a on a uh, laptop. You can't access it on a on a mobile or a tablet. Uh, that's an EFL rule that you have to access uh, those things through an app. Uh, so we're in the early stages of costing and processing that out. But I think that'll make a huge difference. The streaming numbers are simply phenomenal in terms of what we're seeing overseas and the number of people that are watching midweek games uh, in the UK. Uh, they'll be able to do that Tuesday if they can't get down to Brogrib Stadium. Uh, they'll be able to watch that then. Uh, and yeah, we're seeing some really good, some good numbers. And I just want to thank the the feedback we've had. Uh, aside from the issues we've had, has been really good. And you've got the replays on there. You've got the scoreboard. Uh, yes, and, you have. And it is yeah, the replays are really good. Uh, and it is yeah, it's a it's a great. I, I enjoy watching. We obviously have the testing, so it's quite good at home and away game. I sat next to Martin to be able to watch those replays back, which we never would have been able to do before. Yeah, and I think one of the good things about you know 
the club is that if someone has a problem, and I've seen this happen time and time again, you're quite quick to respond or someone from the club is quite quick to respond. How important is it that you get that feedback to take forward? Absolutely vital, yeah. We, we, we can see and feel most things, but we can't see and feel everything. Uh, and that feedback, 99.9% yeah, of it is constructive. And uh, yeah, we, we, we deal with that and, and make sure we take those comments on board. We can't always do everything that everyone's asking because that's not viable. But yeah, consistent messages that come through, we make sure that we deal with it. And there's some that are bespoke that are just unique to that individual and where we can address it, we, we'll do it. We wanna, we're, we're a listening club and we'll continue to listen and listen even more. Um, there was another question on the uh, from the forum about charging children under 11 the same price as adults in certain parts of the ground. Yeah, deliberate uh, strategy. Uh, you might ask why. We want the family stand to be a family stand. We don't want anyone in the uh, Quantage uh, North family stand that isn't a family. Uh, that will very much be a communicated uh, approach that we will better communicate in the coming weeks and months, especially ahead of next season. Uh, and we want to do that so that we can enhance the family atmosphere in there. We're going to spend quite a sizable amount of resource and money and time to genuinely make uh, the family stand a family stand. At the moment, there's some footprints that are wearing off and Theo, there's a few pictures of Theo on the wall. Uh, Dave Toyne, who's uh, our head of marketing, introduced a number of new uh, Things, just simple things like we do bingo for children to do tick off things like y yellow card, red card, goals, all that sort of thing. Uh, the Papa John's uh, uh, motorbike scooter thing. Uh, things like that just to try and engage. And it sounds a really simple thing to do. But we genuinely, this time next year, we want to be entering the EFL Family Award and we want to win it uh, for League Two, if not for the whole of the EFL. And we believe, I think, with the plans that we've got in place with the marketing, the commercial and uh, comms teams that we can do that. And that, that's why that price point is deliberately uh, cheaper in the north stand than it is in other areas. Areas like you guys, obviously in the uh, QTW South Stand, Tommy Johnson South Stand, uh, and the West Stand, they're pretty much full with season ticket holders. So if the reality is you can't buy a ticket in there anywhere anyway, and if we did do cheap tickets in there, no one else would be able to buy tickets in those two stands. So that's why those price points are put there to encourage people to go in the other areas. And I guess, is that frustrating as someone who works for the club having such a large, this might sound ridiculous, but having such a large amount of season ticket holders so you don't have the flexibility to get more people into those stands? Uh, within certain areas, but yeah, we've got just under 4,300 season tickets at the moment. So there's, yeah, even on Saturday, we're, you know, we're 2,000 empty seats. They'll all, yeah, probably eight out of 10 games, we will always have that capacity. And it's, uh, we, we, we have eradicated a number of people that were using season tickets for just literally Never. We had you know, juniors that didn't actually exist, or, or juniors that were now 35 years old, uh, <laughs> that were occupying a technically a seat, but they weren't actually turning up to games. And uh, that, that's helped you know, re reduce that and uh, avoid people take up a seat that on a busy game like Saturday potentially wouldn't be able to get into one of the stands. Some fans have been um, critical of you uh, for generating more revenue for the club from creative methods and sponsorship opportunities. Um, I guess the question is, what, what would you have to say to those fans? Because obviously your remit as CEO is to bring more revenue in. It might sound like a daft question, but no, there's, not, not there, there's been some criticism in, in terms of money for everything, basically. Yeah, I think we have to have to and probably have 99% of the time found that balance. Uh, there's a balance between making sure that we are still a community-focused, caring club, which I think we, yeah, we are, uh, and making us commercially viable. Uh, we, we are losing a large amount of money. 
Uh, we have done, you know, that is declining over the last two years and will decline further this year and decline even further uh, next season. Uh, but we want to reduce that loss. We want to become a genuinely sustainable club where we are closer to break even than what we are now. That's going to take time and there are commercial activities that might not always appease everyone. But things are done so that we can try and get to a sustainable competing club. You know, there's no good trying to you know, continuously lose two million a year. Uh, and yeah, there might be things that we do that sometimes you know, aren't always going to be 100% popular, but are probably 99.9% popular. I'm glad you spoke about breaking even because as a football club, that seems like a very difficult thing to do with the money in football. Is breaking even realistic? Because when we had Nigel on the podcast, Nigel spoke about getting to that point of breaking even. Is that realistic or do you have a target against where you want to be? Yeah, we, we, we do. Just, yeah, breaking even as in yeah, losing zero pound and not making a pound uh, is the long-term ambition. Can we get there? Yeah. Will it be easy? No. Uh, I think we can get there. There's, there's scores of things that we can do. We're trying to be very efficient with every pound that we spend. Accounting processes in place to make sure that we, we only spend where we absolutely need to. It doesn't mean to say that we're overly tight, but we're making sure that we're very prudent with every pound that, that's been invested in the club. Is, is spent wisely, uh, and likewise with income. Yeah, we, we, we our incomes are growing. You know, very encouragingly. I've got got figures here that I can you know, probably uh, share without much confidence being breached. But you know, our income has gone up uh, six hundred eleven thousand last year from the previous year, and we expect a further twenty five percent growth this year. That's away from uh, EFL, should we say, handouts. Uh, but we, you know, we've got a long way still to go, uh, and you know, we're not going to stop the hard work and graft that everyone behind the scenes is putting in so that we can you know, have as strong as playing budget, operational budget for, for Martin, for, for Ross, for Danny, for Joby and for everyone associated that we've got you know, a, a competing budget and it, I want to restress, you know, so often in football and in sport it's forgotten, you know, we're not trying to make money for a shareholder to go on holiday in the Bahamas, we're, we're, we're trying to make money so we can save money and invest that wisely into getting that next star striker and that star defender and again talking about making money I think again shameless plug for the podcast but when <laughs> Nigel was on it I think he said the Cheltenham game in the club shop was one of the busiest days and I think you made the most money in the shop I don't know if this is correct or not yeah we're two and a half Nigel's got his fingers on the pulse we have a thing called a dashboard, dashboard. which literally measures absolutely everything match day revenue wise and uh it's uh, just issued the last four games today and uh, that, that gives us that insight into pound for pound what we measured for whether it be for retail, hospitality, ticketing, etc. But the retail did two and a half times what we'd ever done on a day apart from like, a day we've qualified for Wembley but it was still oh. the biggest single day we, we've had and uh, yeah, long may that continue. <laughs> when, when do you actually think we might break even then if, if the trajectory goes as you foresee it. Are you talking next season or five years or? I think the latter is probably more realistic. There's, there's so many depending factors on that. There's, there's bits that we want to do to, 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 to grow income and that's, and that's not just from commercial, from season ticket income, from ticketing income, that's from streaming, that's from our soccer camps, our college programs, extra commercial activity, non-match day. The list really does go on, on on ways that we can try and drive income, and some of that will be new income streams we've not yet thought of. That might be a development of the stand so we can better monetize that, and as importantly, provide a, a great experience for those that are in the East stand. But it's going to take time. But boy, have we got a drive to to want to do it because we want to yeah, have successful moments like we had at the end of April last year. 
it's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear about the stability and the long-term planning of the club at a time where you see football clubs in in big, big trouble. So as a fan, that's that's great to hear. Um, 0.918 from the forum is also a South Stander. Makes the point about South Stand Bar not being up to date and past its sell by a point. I actually think the South Stand Bar Deco. looks all right from from a decorative perspective. Any plans yeah. to update? I don't disagree with the, the, that Twitter handle that he just just read there. Uh, he makes a valid point, or he or she makes a valid point. It's it's an area that we want to look at, and it's an area that we are looking at. Uh, we upgraded the lighting, which in some ways hindered because it makes everything look at, shall we say, that little bit more dated. Uh, I think it does need a bit of refurbishment, but again, that will be a project that we'll review of the benefit of that. Uh, we're seeing more and more fans come in early when that area opens at one o'clock. It might be that we open it at half past twelve and encourage more people to come in and watch the the Premier League game before beforehand and afterwards. Uh, so we, yeah, if we invest in facilities, we want to make sure that people are, are using it and we're using again every penny and pound wisely. And it might be that project jumps ahead of that for those reasons. Yeah, I was um, around after the game on Saturday for the only time probably in the last couple of years. I went to the South Stand bar after the game to watch the England game and yeah, good atmosphere, loads of those fans. It's a bit dark though because they built the, the stand, the, the flats behind it, so it yep. took all the light out from the windows that were in there, which was a bit of a shame. But yeah, you've got no natural light in there, but no. you've uh, got the ambience of your aurora and charms in there. <laughs> so another question that came in, a uh, bit of a leng lengthy worded one. It says a short time ago there were requests on social media by disabled supporters and others for people to refrain from watching the end of the games near the exits. I noticed this is still going on, and from where I sit in the west stand. I can see it prevents disabled supporters and those in the bottom row seeing the game. As not all supporters would have uh, seen the request, could the club make supporters aware by the usual means and be proactive in stopping this practice? 100% and having read the comment earlier, that is on our discussion list. We have a pre-game meeting, we normally have three days before, obviously Jesus' game we'll have tomorrow. Uh, and that is on our discussion list of how we got, you know, it's obviously not the easiest thing to police, especially when you're perhaps not winning a game and fans are sort of clinging to the edge of the seat to be able to, to, to escape. Uh, I mean, there's two messages there. One, yes, we'll do everything we can, but two, those that are getting out of their seat have got a role to play as well to, you know, A, support the team right up until the final whistle, but B, you know, think of your fellow supporters. Stephen Orion asked a question and says, why is the fan zone not better publicised or promoted and won every home game so people get used to it. It goes on to make a point that smaller clubs uh, such as Salford and FC United have had fan zones for some time that are operational for all home matches. Yeah, so I think as I alluded to, the uh, fan zone we would love to do every game, we'll be doing it probably eight out of ten games. Where we can't do it is because the council uh, have got a pre-arranged event in there, so they clearly it's their premises, uh, not ours, and we, we rent that for a, for a nominal fee each game. Uh, on that one and it's uh, I think the gentleman that's, that's tweeted there I am a pack of wine gums I think it was the same guy on the way back from the away game at Hartlepool last year where uh, I ate a whole pack of wine gums so I apologise to him and if he's on the train on Exeter on uh, Saturday then uh, I'll, I'll buy him two packs So Stephen Orion let us know at the Orient Tower if you are on the way to Exeter if you are Mr Macklin will buy you a pack of the finest wine gums it's got to be round trees none of the, it really uh, was yeah, yeah. other brands <laughs> um, were not available Speaking of the fan zone, going across on the other side then to the hub, um, what's the situation with the hub that you can discuss with us? Yeah, so we've been working behind the scenes now so that the hub, I think you know, the diversity hub is, which is, is rightly called, 
it's probably worth giving a 30 second education because I think as perhaps as a club as over the last few days we've discussed this we don't overly promote what, what that hub is all about uh, that hub is all about exactly what it says on the tin diversity hub so we appeal through club and predominantly through the trust to various community groups so if I give an example we've had uh, disabled uh, groups that are in there we've had people from a, perhaps a local uh, disabled school uh, we, literally broad ranging we've had the Sikh community li literally every spectrum of the community that exists in E10 and E11 etc etc has come into that so we use the hub probably 20 21 out of 23 games uh, games a year uh, and it is hugely popular almost oversubscribed uh, that allows a group of around about a dozen people to really save and match that experience that may and nine times out of ten they've never been to a game of football certainly not been to one live it's their first live experience where perhaps their their family can't afford to take them all bit yeah, as we know football is uh, for us is modestly what priced but it gives them that opportunity to do it and they yeah, they almost become a fan for life so we are going to relocate the diversity hub uh, why are we doing that well one because we believe we can put them into a room within the a stand that is better fit into the requirements a in terms of disability access and b they've got a place that they can call their own home with tvs in etc and they can quickly come uh, out into into the stand for when they do uh, yeah, basically a look around the ground uh, and then we are going to knock down some walls, uh, for want of a better phrase, in the current hub uh, and turn it into a more uh, befitting bar. So at the moment there is a bar in there that's not quite fit for purpose. So as, as we speak, work's taking place with that with the, with the team behind the scenes. Uh, and that will basically, the queues in the East End, especially the back end of last season when we had obviously full houses or close to full houses, is just too long uh, and we've addressed what we can with the standard but the next thing is to find a solution uh, and we believe this is part of the solution so there'll be snacks in there there'll be uh, drinks in there for people to do pre and uh, half time and then another exclusive if you want one uh, is oh, the oh, on fire this evening with the exclusives the, Mr. not that exciting but the, the, the old uh, wyvern suite which will be given some sort of name we'll come up with, with something a bit uh, befitting to it is going to get a refurbishment uh, and that will be a bar that will initially be open just prior to game from half past one onwards maybe slightly earlier uh, and then further down the line if popular at uh, half time and at full time and that will allow around about 100 150 ticket holders uh, home fans to be able to uh, enjoy a, a beer or a lemonade uh, ahead of the game watching the Premier League game so Again, another opportunity for, for fans to uh, socialise with fans on, on the premises, so to speak. So lots of activity planned for the East End. When will those changes, when are you aiming to get those implemented? I would hope by the end of October. Uh, one oh, well. might come before the other, but yeah, we're not, there's a lot of work. To, we want to make sure that the hub, there is no downtime in the diversity hub. There isn't a game when we can't accommodate those those you know, groups that are fantastic to have them in the stadium. So, so just to be clear, the, 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 the diversity hub's being relocated to something literally, more measured for their, for their circumstances. Yeah, literally six feet from where it is currently. So. Fine, and then you're going to change that into a sort of more fit out, fitted out bar area for people to, to come pre-match yeah. and be at half time. So that's a bigger thing for the East Stand yeah. as it stands. And is that a long-term fix? No. Uh, but as we mentioned before, we're looking at all possibilities of the, you know, the financial viability of uh, the aging old lady. Brilliant, brilliant. So the s s at Smokos, the Smokos at Smokos says the option of a club-run minibus is to and from the north for home games every now and then would be nice. That's something I must admit I've never even thought about 
for the most part because we just get on a central line train and we're there in 20 minutes. I think uh, when Barry owned the club, I think Matt Porter ran coaches from Essex, if I'm not mistaken, like Colchester, Brentwood, and maybe out along the A13 corridor as well. They obviously don't do it anymore, so it's obviously limited success, but... Yeah, we've had, we've had this discussion. So Adam Parks, who you'll probably know, uh, runs Fowler's Farm in, in Braintree, almost my, my local. Uh, and he's discussed about potentially, you know, fans being dropped off there and getting a coach there. It's not something that we're not going to look at. Uh, I think that there's some viability there, and it might be that, you know, it's done three or four games a year for those that... But I think the request to get a coach down from Yorkshire might, might not quite be viable, but... It would, uh, and, 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 uh, if we could do it, we would. But yeah, we're, we're mapping out at the moment our fan base, not just season ticket holders that are in the vicinity of, of Essex and London, but further afield. And we're seeing some pockets, should we say. Have you yeah. ever been contacted by a fan from across the world and you just thought, how on earth have you ended up supporting Leighton Orient? Yeah. Because we see it with the, when we look at our listens sometimes in countries and you see Brazil or some Papua New Guinea was one that always struck me. Who is listening to an Orient podcast yeah. in Papua New Guinea? And it's not like they've got like this massive server system, so there's no one being rooted <laughs> via Papua New Guinea or something, is it? Like Microsoft I think FIFA plays the a big part now. I think the FIFA game, uh, they just yeah, randomly pick a club and that's, that's my club. Uh, and we, I don't think there's, a, there's certainly not a continent that we've not got a fan. There's probably, mm. I'd say, more countries have an Orient fan and that are engaged with the streaming, with soccer camps, whatever it is. And... Uh, that's growing. It's great to have Orient back in FIFA 20, yeah. it'll be. So, again, more great exposure yeah, for absolutely. the club being on yeah. that game. Yeah, great exposure for, for the club, for the, yeah. for, the, for the players and for the sponsors. It's, yeah, it ticks a lot of boxes. I remember Dean Cox. Do you remember the Dean Cox, Kevin Lisby cover? Yes. From a couple of years ago. 14? Probably. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. that was bespoke. For, I think they did a round of doing mm. bespoke covers for each club. I don't know if they're doing that this year. I should, I should know that one, but I know we're not far off the launch. So watch this way. Paging Elliot Byrne. Um, <laughs> any chance of installing some aircon in the club shop? A couple of people said mentioned that, and someone even posted a picture of a suitable, or what they felt was a suitable so very solution. Kind of them to, very, to, to, to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we need helpful. to do something. Uh, I think if we did it now, uh, that would make it really cold winter. Uh, <laughs> so we want to look at something that's going to heat the place at times and cool it down. And then yeah. we talk, spoke about the Cheltenham game, but it, it was unbearable. It was bad enough for the for the for the fans that uh, came in, but for the staff that are in there for four or five hours, it, it was bordering on uh, the, uh, intolerable. So it's something we'll look at ahead of next summer, and that will make sure that we have an awful summer next year if we do that. When it, again, it's a, it's a cost, and we've got to make sure that we're uh, we're spending those pennies wisely. Mungo asks about the roof sponsor. Did, did the roof ever get sponsored? It's still available. Uh, so it's, it, it is something that we market and it is something that we've got close to. Uh, if there's a brand out there, you the, the exposure. So I regularly stare up at space and see the big planes going over my walk to the ground this morning. So 20 jumbo jets that were flying over and it's I'm sure every single pilot and every single person's making reference God is you know, there's a down there. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and you can't you know, I've flown over it a couple of times and you it's, it's very clear very so it's, it's something that will hopefully uh, get branded up Give it, giving it a plug then how much would it cost for someone to sponsor that I'll do you a deal Go on, uh, I'm all, I'm all a five-figure sum, but not a silly five-figure sum. Fine, okay. Well, open to suggestions. Okay. 
and I think a while ago. What podcast are going to go on there? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you get some decent sponsorship. You never know. Look at us now presenting on live radio. Anything <laughs> is possible. I think there was a bit of talk um, about the West Stand becoming the Justin Edinburgh Stand uh, a couple weeks ago. Is that all? Never official. Was that ever discussed? And is it's an ongoing discussion amongst other things with uh, with Charlie, with Sydney, with Kerry. Uh, there's a, there's a time to have that discussion and we'll make sure when that time is there, if it's not already there, that we have that discussion and make sure there is a, a lasting memorial legacy uh, to that. And so we continue that dialogue. I was on the phone to Charlie today. Uh, yeah, we continue that dialogue regularly and making sure that we, uh, we do what's right. Great answer. A um, couple of questions uh, that also came in. In keeping with the posters that celebrate the club's success in the past years that are on view at the back of the South Stand, are there any plans to erect one that celebrates last season's success? There will be. That will be placed uh, somewhere. The problem you've got with the, with the stand, it means we've got to take something down for something to go up. Uh, there are two sponsored things, I'm not going to beat you around the bus, there are two sponsored things there. And again, we want a commercially viable club. And that, that, if that's not your perfect balance, you, you clearly want to celebrate a success. Uh, at the same time, you want to make sure commercial incomes are increasing through all the reasons we discussed at the top of the show. Mm. Uh, and again, it's that balance. But yeah, there will be, be, there'll be some, something coming up soon that makes sure that in another 50 years' time, they remember that, that success that Justin and the others bought. Talking to the South Stand, we had another question asking if there are any plans to install handrails in the South Stand uh, or in any other sections of the ground. Yeah, obviously we did the West Stand because clearly it's the steepest uh, and obviously the, the stand that is yeah, the first to feel, if you like. Uh, we, again, we look at every single project. So myself and, and Craig and Matt look at every single potential project potential health and safety issue and it's it's something that's on 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 the on the list and you know, say we, we, we deal with those on a priority basis um please 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 can we have more than one hand dryer in the north stand gents and a better quality one as well i missed the whole of the second half the other week waiting for my hands to dry says wgco i'd have just wiped them on my trousers to be honest with you. i wouldn't have missed the second half but uh on the list again tomorrow to discuss or not. That's how quick we'll, we'll, we'll react to, to comments that come in. So on Sunday, the ladies were at um, the stadium and they beat Norwich City ladies 5-0. A fantastic result. Lots Amazing. of activity going on with the ladies. What are the long-term plans, I guess, in terms of developing the ladies team? Yeah, so it was good to... Uh, uh, proudly come to the game, brought my uh, six-year-old boy Harry along and he, he loved it as well. Uh, want, more, want more fans there. Uh, we have, I think we had just under 200. Uh, those that were there would have had a thoroughly good time seeing uh, Orient banging five girls. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was an entertaining game. It was, five nil probably slightly flattered us and probably a bit of disservice there to Norwich. But we want to make sure that, so we will have two games uh, a season at the Brown Group Stadium, uh, but we want to make sure those two games, yeah, we want to, it's an ambitious, but perhaps 500 or even Dream World 1,000 people attend it. Uh, the numbers were disappointing and it got relatively good publicity for, from us to promote that across the channels. Uh, and we'll make sure that we continue to do that. We're helping generate some sponsorship income for them to make it uh, more financially viable. That operates at a, a modest loss uh, that Chris Brayford, who's the first team 
manager and general manager of it, uh, pretty much underwrites himself along with other other partners. Uh, and that's something that obviously we as a club invest in, Loft Supports Club, etc. have kindly made donations. But it's the more people that attend those games, it's a you know, chicken egg situation, the more viable it will become. We are investing in terms of setting up a under 16s and under 18 girls teams. Uh, and that's something that will take fruition uh, over the next couple of seasons. Might be that we have a, a girls college program. We've obviously launched our, our first men's college program for a couple of years, but we've got one and the trust has one as well. And it might be that we can have one for girls, which would you know, be a bit groundbreaking for us. And it's things like that that will really put it on a different strat. Uh, uh, spear of where we're going with it. Yeah, that Sophie and hat-trick goal, I think the club put it up, or the Orient women's Twitter feed put it up, was an outrageous goal. If you haven't seen it, go to that Orient WFC on Twitter. And um, They're doing really well, actually. They're unbeaten this season as well. So yeah, it'd be yeah. nice for more support from the from the club in that regard in terms of publicity. I know that they were handing out flyers for their game on, on Sunday, so I can yeah. understand the disappointment that only a couple of hundred turned up, but that's probably still... Ten times more than they might get yeah. at the Mile End Stadium. Yeah, though, right? yeah, and I think uh, you know, in an ideal world, we'd be playing on the Sunday when we've been at home, when we've been away on the Saturday, so that you know you're not the whole weekend necessarily away from from loved ones or to bring them down. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, there's room for growth, and that's an, an ambition and target we've got collectively. And as well as ladies football, there's a walking football team that I can't wait to get involved in in ten years' time. <laughs> 10 39 yeah I'd do it now but I'm too young amazingly but walking football seems to be growing football I think I think it's before the Cheltenham game the walking football team walked around the stadium they had a good match which I think was on the O show um, last week or was covered against the coaches against stuff. the coaches stuff. so walking football I guess is another big opportunity for the club yeah and say so it gives people that chance to wear the Orient shirt that maybe have missed the boat to maybe. never say never uh, <laughs> missed the boat to, uh, to represent uh, yeah, the, the club wearing the shirt and that's, that gives another yeah. group of people that great uh, and you know, more important than any of that is the, is the fitness and the, the social side of it is there a plan to ever do that five-a-side tournament again while it's in my head yes uh, so we're looking our pitch hire uh, schedule is uh, already filling up for uh, the end of the season uh, and we're going to try and incorporate some form of fans cup it might get a rebrand because uh, you can't play on the Bright Group Stadium pitch enough and uh, no. if, if you haven't done it it's a great opportunity uh, on a side store I remember playing alongside Justin we had a staff game last uh, close season and uh, you could tell which person had played in the Premier League and which one was uh, slightly overweight CEO <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> yes, it, memories like that that you, you'll always have and it's yeah you can go and, go and create your own memories and uh, it's great yeah we've done it we would uh, play with a legend and I must yeah. say it's, it's an experience especially walking out to T1 in a taxi I played in the Fans Cup the original five-a-side tournament as well How did you I think I got to the quarters I think my team got to the, all the semis must have been a bad yeah we did alright <laughs> <laughs> only two teams low, didn't it? low bar um, but no I mean I guess we've spoken a lot sort of generally what would you say are your sort of top five or top ten things on your to-do list that you want to get done that's for whatever reason, be it commercially viability, be it improving of match day experiences for fans, what would you say are your top five without necessarily, I don't know if... Yeah, all, all of them with the mantra of doing exactly what I said, of reducing the loss, improving the fan experience. If you can get the things that tick both those boxes and continue to be a good. community mm. club, then great. But what they are is, yeah, I could probably list 500, but there's, there's a huge amount that we, we want to do and it all 
boils down to if you improve the fan experience, you improve the bottom line. So that's the way that we address things. So whether that is enhancing what's in the family stand, whether that's enhancing what's in the fan zone, whether that's bringing in more sponsorship income, which we've, we've done phenomenally well and, and the team have done great. Uh, and uh, I, I do a small fraction of that, but the, the team, Josh uh, Stevens leads that. There's a huge amount that we can do in that area. Uh, I want to make sure that our streaming never has an error. That was good as proper. I want to make sure we've got the best retail shop possible. We've got the best soccer camps. Yeah, we want to be the best that we can be. Whatever we do, we put 100% of effort, and we, yeah, we we love seeing the results as much as seeing three points on a Saturday. We like to see the soccer camp. Yeah, we had 150 people take part. Steve Embleton, uh, Ross's uh, dad, I believe he's old enough to have uh, a dad. Uh, but Ross, uh, Ross's dad, Steve, and uh, Liam and others run, run that over there. 150 participants in in upstate New York. Seeing that is as, as pleasing as anything else, and that is again, we want to be the best at what we can be at with the resources that we've got and the hugely supporting fan base, hugely supporting board. Yeah, we, we strive to do it, whether it's Martin on his stuff with the football, with the academy, etc., or my stuff with the commercial and the operational. We, we want to strive to be the best we can be. And I guess being the best you can be is about getting that balance, isn't it? About being the best you can be, but also keeping that real close fan zone really tight and keeping that community feel in the club, which has never been lost. Has it under Nigel and Kent? They get how important Leighton Orient is to the community. So, you know, you've got all of these activities going on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the community feel the club will be hindered. Which is interesting because we had a few questions that came in about the fact that some people are feeling that the, the community feel to the club is eroding slightly. Okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting observation. That's our number one aim to make sure that doesn't, uh, for all the reasons I've just given. Mm. Uh, I think with you know, with things we've got across and things like the hub, we you know, the work we do as a community trust is award-winning and you know, should be given more plaudits than what it's given. Uh, Howard, Neil, Louise, everyone that does that behind the scenes, you know, massive plaudits to the, to the work they're, they're putting in. And you know, as a club, if, if there is something that we can do that puts us more into that community, we're all ears, uh, and we mean that welcomingly and, and, and with honest integrity. Uh, you know, another thing we're doing, we're, we're going to be soon communicating and mailing to residents uh, through the doors as well as through social media with an enticement to, to come to the game uh, at the stadium or to come to a non-match day event. Uh, so you know, we, we genuinely want to be a community club, whether it's sending players into hospital on Christmas Eve, whether it's you know, bringing in that fan who's never experienced football. We, we will continue. There's so much we do that we don't have the time to shout about and we want to make sure that we, mm. we're shouting about the big things that we're doing. And Kent had made a, a fair point about the fact there's a lot of housing developments going up in the sort of by the Spitalfields market around that. I can't even remember what the name of the road is now, but you know what I mean? When you come off the A12 and, yeah. and you've got all those new, I guess, tying in with the, the house builders in the area might help. Absolutely. So every, yeah, every time a development starts, when a crane goes up, we speak to that developer. Uh, we basically are introducing a pack now, which again, Dave and the team are leading with. That pack goes to the residents when they, when they move in and that will include potentially a free shirt uh, or a voucher for a free shirt uh, for, the, for the child there, free Fio's membership. And an enticement to come to a game, and that's yeah, you know, that, that's how we're gonna. Yeah, you know, most of those people will be moving into the borough for the first time, and we wanna be the first thing they think of of what to do with their family. Mm. Great stuff. So you've been at Orient now for two years. Obviously, we know what your highlight is 
getting promotion. But what have your other highlights been? I think seeing the success of every member of staff, we've got members of staff that have been there long time and uh, play a fundamental role. The, the likes of Lucy, Ada, Lindsay, uh, Craig, Craig, Colin, etc. Every, everyone that's been there at the time. And then the freshness that new people have been brought in. I think you know, as a team off the pitch, we're ticking and moving in the right direction. Uh, and that is you know, perhaps the most pleasing thing. And we, you know, we all work together to, to make sure that Saturday come three o'clock, we're enjoying football in a safe, enjoyable environment and yeah, topping it off with, with three points makes it all that work that bit sweeter. In terms of future fan engagement then, obviously you've got the forums, but in terms of getting bums on seats, the football for a fiver? Kids yeah. for a quid, is there more plans to do? Yes, yeah, so football for a fiver, I think we've got two dates. We we're really lucky this season. We could have a year when obviously the football for fivers are done on the international breaks. You might never have a home game this year. We've got three and I think we've picked two. I think if we do any more than that, there's a danger eradicating value of uh, season tickets. But the two games that we'll do, uh, we are going to chuck the kitchen sink out. We want to make those ground, you know, the seats in the ground yeah, full. Uh, and I believe we can do that. We're going to be looking at what we can cost effectively do to on, on social media to target those football fans that either don't have their team to follow that weekend because they're not playing the West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal, whatever it is, or just are completely disengaged with Premier League football. And we're increasingly finding a group of uh, West Ham season ticket holders, a group of Tottenham season ticket holders I was speaking to a couple of weeks ago, one priced out and the other one can't get tickets. They've now bought late night season tickets and you know, we've probably got a, two families there for life. That's just a small example of mm. uh, that's how we're going to grow it, is, is reaching out to those, to those families that just can't either get into a Premier League game in London or and or can't afford it. I know a few Spurs season ticket holders and they're always complaining about the cost that, that Spurs want. It's, it's going to be fundamentally unaffordable for a lot of people soon, so there'll be a big net that yeah. we'd need to use to catch yeah, it. Really. Our, our real football in the capital strap line is exactly where it says on the tin and we want to make sure that there, yeah, a large proportion of the population, first and foremost in and around the East End, know that message and, and know what it means and it, it comes from Lake Norrin. Are there any plans to bring back Retro Kit Day? as we did last season. Yeah, uh, again, Dave and the team are working on that. I can't remember the date that we're, we're picking for that, but we'll communicate that. Was, that was hugely popular uh, and yeah, very well received, so we'll do that. We'll do that every year. Great to hear. And the owner? Uh, should. Uh, should be available for, I believe, what the football for the Fiverr game is in October time. It's Warsaw, so. I think. Yeah, Warsaw. Uh, so, yeah, I think 12th October, we've got a fixture in front of me. Uh, so that will, yeah, that will make a pleasant return and I'll... Pr uh, Make sure you guys have got a dozen. <laughs> Thank you like very it. much. Thank you very much. Result. I've got So, obviously, coming up, we've got Exeter on Saturday. Thoughts and expectations for that? They're doing pretty well at the moment, I'd say. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, have you you've seen much of them? It, we, we, I, I've seen highlight, highlights back, and uh, I was caught catching up with Martin yesterday. Uh, it won't be an easy game, but it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go there with determination to, to write to, you know, to hopefully get a result there I think if we get anything there that would be uh, deemed a success uh, but it's, it's early days you know but we can go and go and get a result I don't think we should be fearful I'm sure we won't and uh, by all accounts it's been you know some good days on the training ground we've had that uniqueness of having a sort of a full week which we've we've not always had over over recent weeks in August and uh, I'm sure when the when the lads get on the coach tomorrow they'll be egging on three o'clock on Saturday and quite a big week 
coming up with um, three games within a week. So obviously mm. we've got Exeter away on Saturday, as you mentioned, Crew at home on Tuesday night, and then the local derby is back or the A12 derby, <laughs> the A12 yeah, derby. Is, yeah. as it is called, Colchester United. So busy, a busy week coming up. It is, yeah. Uh, nine points on the table. Uh, be interesting what, what we can achieve from that. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Tuesday and Saturday will be not on Ross's mind at the moment, but come five o'clock on uh, on Saturday night, that we're very much at the forefront. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Out of nine points, what do you think we'll walk away with? Mr. Wow. Levy. Dan- dangerous question, but it's getting near the end of the show and uh, uh, we haven't been time? dangerous <laughs> enough. That, oh, that's a difficult one. I don't like making predictions. Uh, I think if we were to get... You know, four or six or something that would be a good return but it's uh, I'm not going to fully answer that one because that's, that's a difficult one to <laughs> I think answer you have. But <laughs> that's fine I think that's going to be quite a difficult three fixtures actually because look here yeah. Exeter's top of the league I think Crew aren't far behind right. I think they're on 15 points mm-hmm. give or take and Colchester yeah. despite losing their best player last season in Schmodix are doing much better than last season and we've kind of seen that with other teams so Swindon Town who were average in League 2 last season yeah played superbly well I must say on Saturday and at the moment we're either two wins from being back near the playoffs or we're two wins from dropping down the table it's quite a convoluted and built up league at the moment it's very tight all, all over you're right you're absolutely right I mean from where we are we're talking what a couple of like you say a couple of points where we're in a situation where you know like you say we'll be we'll be near the lower end of the uh, table and everybody will be going absolutely crazy the fact that we're we're struggling and we're going to have a bad season and then obviously you get a couple of wins under your belt you push yourself up the table a bit and all of a sudden it's very very different a very very different outlook yeah I mean we're you know on the podcast we're always pretty positive and I think not again we don't really like to make predictions but I'd be quite happy with two wins out of three or coming away with five six points out of nine obviously dream world would be nine points out of nine but if you have any opinions out there or want to let us know what you think please get in contact with us at the Orient Hour, we'd love to hear your views. And Danny, if we haven't been able to ask every question um, this evening because there were so many, but if someone does want to contact you um, at the club, what's the best way that? Oh seven nine. Yeah, Twitter uh, on on the email uh, and on, on match day, and uh, I'm sure I'll be walking up and down the train on. Uh, on Saturday before and after the game and uh, and say as always we're here to listen Uh, we will take on board every single comment and we want to make that experience every single game that little bit better than the previous so the email is what d.macklin at leighton.net so and say I don't think there's an email that I don't respond to uh, that comes through and the the same with Twitter much to the wife's annoyance (laughs) how many emails do you get a day do you think four or five hundred Four, five, hundred. I like, send a lot. My, my team that will be probably listening back and listening to this will have a chuckle of that, but I do send a lot. So it's, uh, and mostly from who, though? Like fans? Uh, everyone. The board, the staff, everyone. Yeah, okay. What's the most <coughs> bizarre request that you've ever had as a, as a Leighton Orient CEO, whether it's from a fan or whether it's from a partner in terms of a bizarre so. idea, and you're like... Uh, heated seats. We had that one <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. One of them was what, from that the actually. I think he was joking. Uh, yeah, why, why have we not got heated seats? On the balcony. Uh, why are we uh, charging 
anyone to get in the stadium. I think that was one a couple of weeks ago. What, at all? At all, yeah. With, with the, uh, I think that was after the nil-nil draw. I had an email come through to say that after that we shouldn't be charging and they, I think they would have been deadly serious. But, you Wait, know, <laughs> I wonder I what the response I, was after yeah, Saturday then. I have a couple, I haven't had the email. Uh, I have a couple of emails each week that have a little chuckle to yourself, but there's uh, yeah, 99% of it is all in good heart. And, yeah, all with the desire and that they yeah, want to see a successful team. That's amazing. So the show is almost over. Danny, if you could give one message to Orient fans this evening, what would that message be? Uh, if you're not there Saturday, uh, make your voice heard from, from London or from wherever you are down to, to sunny Devon. And if you're not there, tune in to listen to the audio uh, via the website and uh, and say if you're there or not there, then make sure you get down Tuesday. The, the other lads need, need the support the cliche of that 12 man and uh, you know, the difference that made in the second half when the, the crowd from all four sections were, were getting behind their team. And, and also from, um, from your perspective of fans that perhaps might feel slightly either disengaged or slightly disaffected to encourage them to come back, what would you, what would you say to them? And in terms of obviously as we've talked about commercialisation, I mean, it's going to happen I guess at some point that we need to be making money and yeah. to sustain ourselves in the long term because football's run on benefactors so obviously Nigel and Kent are not silly they want things to yeah, I think those do everything that you can I'm not suggesting you go and buy 10 shirts and buy 200 drinks but yeah, do, you know, do everything you can to keep it within the uh, within the stadium within the supporters club within the fan zone uh, you know, we, we want the club to continue to be uh, su to success and you know, for every fan to, as Kent always says to be prouder tomorrow than they were today so that's it. That is it. I think we are very much in a situation where we are about to run um, out of time here. So, Danny, thank you very much indeed for uh, for coming on and giving Pleasure. us uh, your fantastic insight. Um, it's been a cracking show this week. We are literally at the hour point now. So, um, Steve, well done. You're on the control deck tonight. Thank you very much indeed. And yes, Danny, appreciate you giving up uh, your time this no, evening. Absolute pleasure. Next week, you will be delighted to know that uh, the hosts will be Billy Herring, uh, Jamie Stripe, and also Sam Monday. So, a very, very, very solid presenting lineup uh, next week. They're also going to be joined. They're not going to be alone. Uh, we couldn't leave those three guys on their own in this studio. So, they're going to be moderated by Leighton Orion SLO, Karen Harrison. Uh, Karen Harrison and also Everything Orient's uh, very own Andrew Hodge. That's a very good blog, actually. Um, so if you are uh, able to uh, to tune in next week, um, you're more than uh, welcome. It's seven o'clock on Phoenix FM every Thursday is the Orient Hour, and I think we are pretty much pretty much done. Yeah. So have a great week, and as always, up the O's.